Hello everyone, I'm Stella. I'm Sophia. And I'm Vanessa. We host Generation Discourse. Generation Discourse is a platform for young people to come up with, share, and discuss ideas within the realm of theory and the abstract. You'll find us talking about philosophy, current events, and social concerns. You're listening to part three of our conversation on philanthropy. Unlike the previous episode, this installment centers more around who to give to. Why should we push that limit? Like you could say that 30 years ago, people were like much less unethical than we are today. Like they would be like, oh, you know, like racism. Like uh, I'll think about that. I'll care about that on like a Wednesday or something. But now, like if you're racist, like if you're just casually racist, you get a lot of like for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think that it is important to have guilt because at the end of the day, guilt drives you to want to become a better person. And I think that, yeah, we don't have control over being born into privileged lives. If we just choose to say, oh, it, it is what it is. I was born this way. I have no control over it. That allows us to become apathetic to the struggles of people. And I think that guilt is powerful because it motivates you to want to make those changes, not for yourself, but for other people. And it's true that it, it's not fun to feel bad for every second of your existence for something that you have no control over. Um, but the fact is, as you continue to live that existence, you do have control over it. You continue to use your privilege. And if you continue to use your privilege for yourself without using it to speak up for others, then you should feel guilty for that. Yeah. You um, should be um i think my next question then is um do you think that this guilt should be alleviated at any point and if so at what point would someone be like free to no longer feel this guilt um i don't know i think guilt is a personal emotion and different people feel different amounts um but there is no way to alleviate that guilt until you feel you have done enough to make up for what has caused it. And I think um, activism for uh, causes you feel strong for can help alleviate the guilt of um, maybe supporting or supporting uh, what is causing that guilt. Like, like, environmental activism if you continue to advocate and make that choice for example to become vegan it can alleviate the guilt of um being born into say like a privileged family that eats steak like three times a week uh making that decision has a ripple effect as well like when you change your beliefs, it can change other people's beliefs as well. And I think it's very important that um, as our generations progress, we become more aware of what is right and wrong ethically. And like, like Vanessa said, the point about racism, like nowadays we know racism is bad and that's because people over the generations have become more vocal about racism being bad. And we know that now because we have progressed as a society to the point that in the general uh, general public psyche, we know that racism is bad, but like... I mean, is it necessarily that cause these like social changes? 
<laughs> I'm not saying it's um it's gone. It's obviously still a huge problem, but it's I guess more people are aware that racism is bad now than it was 50 years ago. Um, and it's not about us necessarily as people. Like if we, us here, like us five here, lived a century ago, um, we might still hold the prejudices of that time because it's a product of the society that we grew up in. Uh, the only way for, I guess, general societal values to be changed is a slow progression of, I guess, leaving antiquated beliefs behind. I mean, um, and that's the only way to progress. Do you Forward. it's like necessarily guilt that caused these changes to happen? Like, was it because of like white men were like, oh, I am a white man that makes me so guilty that we now have like deep, like less racism and less like sexism? Well, I think that because the power structures in like, say for the US, for example, the power structures of the US government were majority majorly held by white people, there could be no change from um, the black people who are advocating against, uh, say, like a lack of civil rights. Um, if they didn't have white allies who were in the positions of power who felt guilty enough to change that, like there, there was no way for them to enter the government to make that change. And um, and it, I guess it wouldn't have mattered how much their advocacy uh, advanced if they didn't have people who were from the positions of power who felt guilty enough about it to change. I don't think it's necessarily like guilt. That's the only driving emotion. The reason why I think guilt is such like a strong feeling that I don't think like everyone should have in these kind of situations is because like guilt is such a personal thing where you like you feel like you personally are the cause of everything that's like going wrong and that's clearly not true right like if you're like a white man living in like you know like the civil war of america then you alone like you solely are not responsible for how like slaves were treated etc you do have the power to change that and I think like it's important to recognize the kind of power you have but the reason I feel like guilt isn't particularly like the driving factor is because it's simply like not true that you're the only cause of it I think what's probably a more powerful motivator is just like almost like kindness if that makes sense but like knowing that you can change like people's lives to be better it's the the motivation to give better lives to people does not necessarily root itself in guilt but root itself in wanting to help others yeah i guess i would agree i would agree with both statements like i do think that empathy is also uh quite important in progressing change i would disagree that guilt is always personal though because i don't think that it's necessarily always, oh, I'm personally responsible for this, uh, for this um, power structure that like oppresses other people, but rather I, a, a guilt for the fact that you benefit from it. Like it's not necessarily an under, uh, some feeling about how you yourself 
are the like only cause of this problem. Um, and I think that having guilt for understanding how you benefit from a system that may oppress others uh, and that is that is a product of empathy that is a product of feeling for other people you can't feel guilt if you don't have empathy for the uh, parties who may be um, oppressed under the same system that upholds your rights um, and that is where kindness comes from that the kindness that makes the change so I believe it's important to have a bit of both like you I guess not everyone has it in them to be selflessly kind all the time. And right, so on that having... point, sorry, Russell, I would just, um, you said that not everyone has it in themselves to be selflessly kind all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you and Renudi are um, presenting two different, quite extreme ends of the spectrum in which, in your case, people are hyper aware of their role in the system. And in Renudi's, they are aware of the fact that they are not the sole cause of you know, dismay in the world. And so in these cases, neither is completely realistic because there's always going to be a tragedy of the common situation in which people blame others. And then there's always going to be people who are guilty. And then there's always going to be people who are sitting in a middle ground. And so with the racism point as well, much of the change came only when there was a registration change in the government in which they were recognizing by law that everyone was equal, no matter what their skin color was. And so if we take this back to harmful products, do you think it's possible for a government to quantitatively identify how harmful one product is compared to another and then control the consumption of said product? I think this question is always difficult because the government then has to draw a line, right? Like, in an ideal world, is it acceptable for everyone to live off of lentils and uh, broccoli and then ship all the rest of their food to everyone else who, and so everyone else in the world ends up also eating the same diet? Like, I think, I, I think, well, first of all, I think that people who live in privileged countries like, like New Zealand um, have no personal obligation. Um, to feel guilty for the lives um, beyond like the groups that they personally subscribe to. So like if if somebody like I, I think like me, I have no personal obligation to be guilty for somebody who might be starving in um, some remote place that I've never heard of. Right? Like like while that sounds um, while that sounds really self centered, I think that's that's a reasonable model that most people live their lives enacting upon. And I think that that is, um, I think there's no moral, there's no moral danger with that because like, um, like, the, like it's, it's very difficult for somebody who has never, will, well, like will never personally benefit from, from somebody else. Um, in a different country somewhere, living a better life. It's very difficult for us to say that that person now has a moral obligation to ensure that that person has a better life, right? Mm, yeah, like, I would agree with Kumi in that, like, living here, you don't have the responsibility, like, you don't have the obligation to give to someone who's, like, 
you know, like a million miles away from you that you don't even know, etc. And it's very like difficult to even be aware of the scale of the situations that people are in when you're living in these areas. But I mean, because yeah, like um, an extension on like being generous. Like if I as a person who's extremely privileged living in an extremely safe, um, great country. Um, if I chose that I wanted to become someone who was moral and help other people, right? Like there's only like um, so many things that I could do. Like firstly, like I could purchase goods from that country, right? Like, but like that in of itself doesn't make um, a significant difference. And if I chose for me personally to give away at least some of my money, like if that money was spread evenly out upon the people that I wanted to help, there would be literally like tenths of a cent of a difference, right? Like, because like that, like my point was being that that guilt is not like realistically never able to be alleviated for that person, that person, right? Like there's nothing they can do to alleviate that guilt. And so the guilt in the first place, like, wasn't very productive for that person. Well, I mean, in terms of the moral obligation you have towards other people, um, when you say that, like, you know, we don't have to, we only need to care about the people who are, like, we, like, associate with. I think realistically, there's going to be, like, a trend where, like, a certain group of people are cared more about by, like, I don't know, wealthy people than um, another group. So, like, you're going to get, like, a, like, a, I guess, like, a discrepancy because between the amount of, like, care um, underprivileged groups receive. And is that fair on them? That, like, it's just, like, how much support they get just depends on the popularity they have with privileged people. What factors do you think would, like, make such underprivileged groups popular? Um... I just think it's absurd that there has to be a popularity in order for people to care. Like, I think, I think, um, I think human life in and of itself has inherent value. I think we all agree that um, people live lives that are meaningful and everyone's life is meaningful, right? So I, I think here we encounter like a really significant moral problem, which is that like there are different ways to measure the importance of a human life, right? So this comes to like the classic, the trolley problem, right? I think that what we're discussing now is really similar to that because we're saying like, okay, um, let's say you've established this extremely um, prominent foundation that has a substantial portion of money that they can donate. Like, how does this foundation choose who to give their money to? Like, in the ideal situation, this foundation would just spread its funds evenly across the entire population, or like the entire population, and hope that it helps someone. But at that point, like, how does that, fa- like, I think the way that that foundation makes decisions is, sim- is pu- like, should be purely based on the interests of the person who started that foundation. Um, I think there's no other way to go about it. Then, like, with philanthropic capitalism, where, like, um, charitable organizations just go for the, um, you know, like, the the issues that are, 
that the popu- general population or like the consumers think is like the most dire issue, but not might not necessarily be like the most dire issue. Um, like, do you think that's even like as I don't know, like as good as these philanthropic capitalists say that it is? That it's like even you know an inherently moral act. I think the fact that somebody is giving their money away is is quite quite um quite moral coming from a a corporation that's goal is to not give money away and lose money right i just uh i think that like if we're giving the money away to say like token populations that look good on posters um for donations then is it really giving money up for selfless purposes or just because you know at the end of the day like it makes me feel good i did a good thing i can pat myself off the back um for donating some money um to this cause that looks good uh it elevates my uh public standing because um you know there's there's pr points for this is that then a selfless act? I mean, um, I don't think I don't think it necessarily matters whether it's like selfless in this scenario where ultimately it has a benefit whether it's selfless or not. I also don't think there's any act of kindness that's purely selfless because like we are always like if you if I like help someone I'm going to feel like good about it, whether I like it or not, right? Because it's like, oh, I made someone's day better, right? Like even on like a small scale where like you help someone like carry their books or something. In that way, it would benefit you as well. It's not purely selfless. So if we're going to try like make every single act of kindness selfless, I don't think we would achieve anything. And I honestly think like it's better that they have that kind of like, oh, if I do this kind of, if I help this charity, if it's philanthropic capitalism, then those companies are more likely to keep doing that kind of thing, like keep helping charities, even if it's like for a cause that looks good. At the end of the day, it's better than nothing at all. And I think it's good that we at least have that stepping point as a way to help others. Yeah. What about the um, issues that don't look as good? Mm -hmm. Um. I think, like I think it's that's a strange concept. Like I, this is very hard. Like, can any of you guys name a concept that looks bad on paper to support? Like, I think, like for example, back like forty years ago, if you were to give like to a charity that helped AIDS, right? It's like, mm. oh, that's you know, what are you like? It's back in those times when homophobia was much more rampant than now that would then look very bad upon a company that donates to that kind of cause. So at that point, then it's kind of like going back to the whole like education thing, like keeps going back there, but yeah, like helping. I think it would just be important for people to learn that Mm. it matters to care whether there is a like tangible impact of that care or not. Like it, you should care for other people simply because they are human people you should care for the environment because it's the environment it doesn't have to benefit you in order for 
it to be something worth supporting, I guess. Yeah. It's, I, I think here there's a bit of a moral dilemma because if there was somebody um, that was starving but had direct moral conflicts to you, like if somebody was a racist and, I don't know, supported insane legislation, would you guys still be in favor of them receiving care packages from Red Cross and, that you might have paid for and things like that? Yes, I think, I mean, like, personally, I would. Because, like, at the end of the day, I think if someone has those kinds of beliefs, it's stemming from somewhere, you know? Like, maybe mm-hmm. they grew up in, like, a household that had, like, perpetrated that kind of belief. I don't think it, like, takes away their right to food and to live. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. I think you can care for people for being people um, and separate that from caring for people based on their, like, personal actions or opinions. Like, I still believe that prisoners in uh, deserve basic human rights because they're people. Maybe I don't support their actions or what landed them in prison to begin with. And I don't have to support that, but I think it's important that you recognize that everyone is a person and you can care for them without having to care for their actions, I suppose. And um, right, so if you have this belief that everyone has the same right to help because they're people and everyone has human rights, let's say you have a finite amount of money and you had to choose between giving it to a family of racists um, or giving it to a family that would, I don't know, support liberal ideals that I'm assuming most of us support, would, you, would it be immoral to choose the family that you agree more with? Um, so are they both like, struggling at the same level? Yeah, they both are ex- the exact same level of destitution. Right. Okay. Um, like personally, I would like split the money evenly between them but like i could understand why someone would give to the family that Mm. is liberal i don't know it kind of like i don't know i guess it's kind of like if you're in like a plane that's about to crash and you have one parachute and you have like a doctor versus like someone who's like homeless who would you give the parachute to Right, that human life has value for being a human life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in a case like that, it wouldn't be fair to, I suppose, impose your own beliefs on that. Like, mm-hmm. I, again, speak from a place of hypotheticals. I don't know what I would do if faced with that situation in real life, obviously, because um, I, I think would just- we like to hold ourselves to high. I would just take the parachute. You just, I mean, yeah. Let's say you had a parachute for yourself that, like, you can't give away, but you just had one. Then to give, to give the parachute. Why shouldn't like because a parachute is the is like yours, and you you have like control over the parachute. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you from like using it however you want in that in like a life or death situation? Well. Okay, let's say you're not even on the plane, but like somehow in this hypothetical, there's one parachute on the plane and you decide who it goes to, like either the doctor or like someone who's homeless. 
whoever gets to it first gets to keep it. Is that more fair than giving it to neither? I don't, I don't, I, I think, I think it's, I think we're full, like, I think it's a bit of a trap to argue, which is what, mm. like, giving it to who is more fair. Maybe they can just hold on to each other and use it together, like, that would be fair. Like, they both have an equal chance of dying now, right? Like, I think that hypotheticals are fun to consider, but I don't know how, um, I guess relevant they are, because the fact is you can't, necessarily predict what you would do in a given situation without actually being in that situation so i guess there's a real situation we can refer to um which was that um i was actually at queenstown at the time which is a, a very well used to be a very big tourism spot in new zealand and there was somebody who's hang gliding and they the hang glide failed and so they had an instructor with them because they were a tourist and they both the instructor and the person hang gliding fell into like the lake in the middle of the city. Um, after some, like after like 15 minutes or so, the instructor was found alive, but the, the person that they, like the tourist was still missing and it was later the body was found and the tourist was dead. Like this is kind of similar to the, situation we're talking about like the reason i asked that is because i think it like kind of links to the like who would you give the money to like liberal or like whatever in that like you could you can make the argument that a doctor would go on to save more lives and like benefit more lives than someone who's homeless and in the same way you could make the argument that people who are liberal who like vote for liberal policies would then like in your personal view go on to better more lives than someone who's like racist and like in the kkk or something so it's like in that scenario it's like would you be the person who like decides the value of life and it's like you can see logically why someone would want to but personally i feel like like life's inherent value is kind of equal for everyone but yeah i don't think it's like immoral for someone to choose the other way Right, okay. So having started with a hypothetical and having finished with one, I think this is a pretty good place to wrap up. Um, thanks so much for coming on the call, guys. It was really, really interesting to hear all of your thoughts. Um, and if you want to stay on for longer, if you really like the conversation, that's fine. But um, I think both Vanessa and I don't want you to feel obligated <laughs> to stay on past an hour and a half because that is a bit long. This marks the end of Philanthropy Part 3, To Whom Should We Give? Next week, the hosts and I will be taking a short hiatus to complete our exams, but know that we'll be back onto the regular upload schedule soon after. If you liked this episode, give the podcast a follow on wherever you're listening so you'll be the first to know when we upload. We'll be releasing an episode every Sunday New Zealand time. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're Generation Discourse everywhere.